Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, a podcast brought to you by UVA Finance, UVA's trusted financial partner. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes that they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, here today again with co-host Patty Marbury. One day I'm going to make you do the whole intro. I was thinking about that the other day. And then you can say, here with my co-host, Brandy. (laughs) Um, Today we are continuing our discussion on Stephen M. R. Covey's book, The Speed of Trust. If you haven't heard the episode where we give you an introduction to the book, I'd say stop this right now and go back and listen to that one first because it'll make a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. But today we're diving into um, the first part of the book proper that talks about the, the, the first wave of the five waves of trust. Right. So... The first wave of trust that Covey talks about is self-trust. And Mm -hmm. we alluded last week to the fact that this really does begin with some self-examination, like so many of the things that we talk about on the pod do, Mm -hmm. um, that you have to think about your own relationship with yourself. And I I really think that this particular section of the book is interesting. Um, He starts off with the illustration in the book about... Uh, if you were called to be an expert witness in a trial. Right. And I think that's a useful framework to think Mm -hmm. of it because he says, if you were called to be the expert witness, um, why would they have chosen you, first Mm -hmm. of all? And the reasons are because you're credible. You know what you're talking about because you have demonstrated results in your field, Mm -hmm. um, that you know you have a lot of experience, that you are trained in this matter, that Mm -hmm. your capabilities are strong. But then the other side would try to tear all that down. Right. So, and it's useful to think about in that way and maybe helps you to think a little bit more objectively too about how you are um, in terms of Mm self-trust. But he talks about the concept of self-trust in four cores. Mm -hmm. So... We yeah. thought we'd just jump into that for you today and, and dive a little bit more into this concept of self-trust. Yeah. Um, and remember last time we talked about the trust being a function of two things, character and competence. And the reason that's important to talk about again or mention again is that all of the next, the rest of the book, he goes back to these this, these uh those two um, key ideas. Yeah, the two key ideas of character and competence. And to go to your point of the expert witness, mm-hmm. um, sure, if your competence is without question, the opposing side is going to try to ta- attack your character. Right. To try to say that your um, motives for testifying or maybe not what they seem to be. You're or, not a person of integrity. Right. Or you that have you're bad intent. Honest, right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so um, when we talk about all of the rest of the, when we talk about trust in general for the rest of the book, um, we'll be going back to these, these functions of, um, or these ideas of competence and character. And so, yeah, he talks about, um, so in this first wave, he talks about self-trust and the key principle in, in each of his, his waves of um, trust, he talks about the key principle or the key idea. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's important to know or to think about that in terms of each of the waves of trust. And so with self-trust, the key principle that he um, talks about is credibility. So how credible are you? Um, and when you think about credibility, it's, um, it's, in, it's your confidence in yourself, your ability to achieve goals, keep commitments, um, and it also, though, deals with our ability to inspire trust in other people. Right. And so, um, so just keeping that in mind. So ask yourself these kinds of questions. Do, do you trust yourself? And do other people trust you? And then why is that the case? So as you're thinking about these whole ideas of credibility that Stephen Covey shares, um, keep those two questions in mind. Do I demonstrate? trust do do are people am i trustworthy do people trust me um and do i trust myself so, i also like that in this chapter about. he talks about how you can in increase your credibility right yeah so we'll get to i guess that in a little yeah. bit here too but anyway let's let's yeah get in there real deep like and talk about the first core yeah and so yeah he has these four cores of credibility um around self-trust and the first is integrity integrity is one of those words that's thrown around a lot we, we read it in resumes <laughs> right. and you know everybody wants to be seen as a person of integrity but what does that um, really mean what does it really mean uh -huh. well so let's maybe define that term a little bit yeah um integrity is well how he defines it and i think i agree with this um is honesty so being a person who is honest, you tell the truth. And to use Kelly Hostetler's favorite word. Oh, congruence. Congruence. Kelly. Shout out to Kelly. <laughs> Has um, there been a podcast yet that we haven't <laughs> had a weird shout I know. out to Kelly? Sorry, Kelly. Um, <laughs> there, by congruence, he means that there's not a gap between your intent and your behavior. That, so, that your walk and your talk are aligned. Right. What you say is what you do, and what you do is what you say. Exactly. Got so it. that's what he means when he talks about congruence. Um, another part of integrity is humility. Um, and so people that are humble do not think that they do it all themselves, that they um, are indebted to others who have gone before and that they know that they only are able to do what they do with the help of others. And so that's what he taught. He, Kind of talks about that when he talks about humility. I remember when we talked about this in another group setting, you really highlighted this section. Um, if you're looking at the blue edition, the second edition of Covey's book, on page 66 he says, it doesn't mean being weak, reticent, or self-effacing when you say that you're humble. It means recognizing principle and put it putting it ahead of self and standing firmly for that principle even in the face of opposition. Mm -hmm. And that's much different than, I think, the idea that people get when you say humble. Right. They think weak, self-effacing, right. you know, oh, no, it's just little old me. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about here. Right. Not what Covey's talking about either. Right. And it's also not being a martyr either. Right. You know, so it's, it is um, really being somebody who um, does recognize that that they are somebody that they are not 
standing alone. Right. As you said, there's a then the paragraph that follows, they realize that they stand on the shoulders of those who have gone right. before. Right. You know, and this is interesting. We could go off on a tangent here, but there are a lot of interesting books and articles and thoughts being uh, written right now about the concept of humility and mm-hmm. leadership. Um, bookmark that idea. Yeah audience we will return to that because I think that's a cool one to mm-hmm. talk more about I in do depth. Too. but okay so we've got honest honesty congruence humility and, and courage so courage is the ability to do the right thing even when it's hard um, as he defines it so um, I don't really I think that's that's pretty obvious but but it's often hard to um, we've Courage is another thing we could come back to. We could. Um, because I've, exper- I've sat in sessions at conferences and other things where we've talked about courage. Um, and courage does is something that the ability to do the right thing even when it's hard. So what does that look like in real life? Um, that might mean telling your boss something that you know that they that you think is bad news to them um, and it might mean telling them when you're horribly afraid right I think people get the impression in their head that they can't be considered courageous if they're fearful when they do the thing right but courage is in the doing yeah it being hard makes it courageous you being afraid makes it courageous that you did it yeah yep so those are that's really what he's talking about when he talks about integrity so now let's think about integrity. So do you has? <laughs> yeah, he has integrity. Um, but he offers in each of the sections of the book, he offers questions to kind of think about. Um, he offers questions to ask yourself uh, around each of these areas, um, and to to see, you know, do you have integrity, or or is this an area of for improvement for yourself, but then he also offers accelerators for increasing that area, and so I want to talk about both of those things. So when he talks about um, integrity as far as do consider the degree of integrity that you currently have, and he offers some questions like, do I genuinely try to be honest in my interactions with people? Do I walk my talk? Am I comfortable standing up for my values and am I clear about what my values are? This next one I think is a big one. Yeah. Am I open to the possibility of learning new truths that may cause me to rethink or redefine my values? Right. So That's a big one. Yeah, that is a big one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then are you able to consistently make and keep commitments to, that you make to yourself? That's also a big one and an interesting one to think about because... That's an area that I think is hard yeah. in modern life. Where, and, you, like, you if know. you decide, especially here now that it's um, New Year's time right. when we're recording this, right. people are making a lot it's of commitments, the, and people are already breaking a lot of those commitments. Uh-huh. And so that's that's one of the things to think about when you answer this question: is <laughs> did you make a commitment at New Year's, and have you already broken it? Not not to mean that you're a failure if you have but just um just one of those things that but I, I mean I think too that it when you think about do you have integrity I think you think about your relationship to others not yourself right. mm-hmm. so yeah. it's a nice one to think to consider yeah. where you really are and to start considering that as a place where you could improve yeah so then he offers suggestions to increase your integrity so um I, I love this the first one that he talks about is 
make and make and keep commitments to yourself. So every time you make and keep a commitment, you increase your self-confidence. And there's a lot involved in that. Yeah. You have to decide, okay, what are the commitments I'm going to make? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so you, like, deciding before you say yes, do yeah. I really want to say yes to this? Yeah. Don't like, impulsively make commitments. So don't just you think about them yeah. before you make them. And treat a commitment you make to yourself with as much respect as you do the commitments you make to others. Yeah. Tall order for some of us, myself yeah. included. <laughs> I love how he says, um, understand that when you make, when, that when keeping your commitments becomes hard, you have two choices. You can either change your behavior to match your commitment, which thereby strengthens your integrity, or you can lower value, your values to match your behavior. Well, when you say it like that, <laughs> gee. So when you think about that, yeah. you, you can say, you know, I plan to walk every day, uh, you know, three times a week. Mm-hmm. And so that can be your commitment. And so, so when you're sitting there tired on the couch on right. Saturday afternoon, and it's your last chance yeah. for the third time. So then you can say, oh, you know, two times is enough. Because I'd rather sit here and watch TV. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, it doesn't mean that if you do that, that you're done. No, no. That you therefore have to just... It's not an all or nothing proposition. It's a gradual thing. Right. So you can can say, okay, well, I did that. I'm going to, tomorrow, I'm going to be back into... uh, to my behavior to match my commitment. Another, so, anyway. another accelerator that he mentions is having identified values and standing for something mm-hmm. and knowing what you stand for and um, standing for it in a way that demonstrates that to other people. Right. So, so other people know what your values are. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And then also being open. That one that we said was a big one. Um, being open to the way that other new ideas might impact your right. values and beliefs. Yeah. So to increase your integrity around that, um, be, try to um, be, be, take an honest assessment of yourself and say, are you, ask yourself, are you really open to the ideas of others? And if you, if you feel like you're not, then search for ways to be more open. Um, just try to open your mind to the ideas of that and, others and have. to learn more about those others things so that you can assess those perspectives right. and think of, of new ways of looking at the topic um, continual learning and exposing yourself to things that are not comfortable yeah. for you mm-hmm. is a great way to increase your critical thinking yeah not only your integrity but it has every kind of value that you would want really yeah. to keep thinking uh, to yeah. keep Delving into other areas. Yeah. All right, so integrity. Yeah, so that's, in, so that's integrity. Easy stuff, right? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a very light topic today. <laughs> so the next core he talks about is intent. And um, he, Covey, uh, when he talks about trust and he talks about the, um, the four cores of credibility. He oh, you're going to talk about the tree. Yeah, he uses a, a metaphor of a a tree and so you can't see this so imagine if you will yes right you can't see this but imagine a tree right and you see the whole 
tree. You see the top of the tree all the way down through the branches. Yeah, you see the um, leafy branches, the trunk. The trunk, and then you see the ground and the roots below. So he uses this metaphor of the tree to talk about the, um, the four cores of credibility. And so in this metaphor, integrity is the root of the tree. So it's, it's your character. Makes good sense. People can't see it. But the, but it's there. Right. It's there. It's it's what, driving everything else. Right. It's driving everything else. Everything proceeds Without from it. Without the roots, the tree isn't yeah. going to exist. And so, but people can't see it. Um, so that's when you think about integrity. It's not something tangible that people can necessarily see. And then when you move up out of the ground to the trunk, that becomes the intent. The intent. So core the two intent is, is to move skyward. <laughs> <laughs> so core two is intent. So in the tree metaphor, then, intent is represented by the trunk. Um, it's partly visible and partly hidden. So the tree goes down to the root. Mm-hmm. The trunk goes down to the roots. You can't see that part. Um, our motives, remember when we talked about intent, motives, um, intent includes your motives, your agenda, what you intend because of your motive is and, your agenda, and then, and then the, your behavior. The manifestation of those right. two things. So in this tree metaphor, the trunk is partly visible and partly hidden. The motives and the agendas are are hidden inside ourselves. But the behavior. Um, they, yeah, <laughs> those things become visible to others through our behaviors. Um, and because we share, sometimes we share them. So not only behavior, but sometimes we openly share what our intent is or what our agenda is. Right. And so then um, intent includes motive. So what's motive? Your reason for doing something, mm-hmm. the like the the why behind mm-hmm. your your what you do. Yeah. Um, one of the things, one of the quotes I really liked in the book is, he says the motive that inspires the greatest trust is genuine caring, caring about people, caring about purposes, caring about the quality of what you do, caring about society as a whole. And you think about that in a work or a professional context. If someone asks you a question that you might be inclined to think of as invasive or critical or, mm-hmm. you know, just uncomfortable in some way, if you know that their intent is because they are concerned about you or they're concerned about the project that you care about just as much as you, they care about it as much as you do, then you filter that behavior from them differently than you would if you didn't understand yeah. that, that intent, that motive. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because he talks about caring as being, um, as being really important as part of intent. Um, and I agree with that. And then it's funny though, because you think um, the natural question is maybe I don't really care. Mm-hmm. And so he, he says, it's, if you don't really care, it's better to be transparent about that Right. And recognize, and remember, we talked about taxes and dividends. Mm-hmm. And just um, accept that, that tax. You'll, yeah, yeah, that you'll pay a tax yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, better to do that than pretend that you care when you don't. Yep. And at least if you're open about that, then maybe people knowing you're open about it can also contribute more in um, purposefully to helping you understand why to yeah. care if there is a reason that you should. Yeah. Um, not to go too far down that road, though. Um, it's interesting to me, looking at. I wish you could. I wish y'all could see our tree, but I'm just sitting here looking at the tree and thinking again about the character and competence dichotomy and how, mm-hmm. 
we've got the integrity roots coming up through the ground, our intent trunk, and the stuff that's below the ground is your character, and the stuff that's above is competence. Yeah. And that whole metaphor for how um, those, our behaviors and the things that we say come out of that yeah. fount of character. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so anyway, he does point out intent grows out of character. Um, we judge, it, but it's interesting. We know that about ourselves. Right. We, we know what we think our character and our right. intent is. Yeah. We think we have integrity, and we judge ourselves leniently yeah. on that knowledge. But all we can see of others usually is their behavior. So right. we judge them by what their they... Their behavior, yeah, right. Their so we, we judge ourselves by our intent because we know what our intent is. Yeah. But we judge others by our behavior because that's all we can see of them. Right. And the, but but you need to realize that others are the same. Yeah. They're judging you by your behavior, yep. not by your intent. Yeah, you have to unpack that a little bit because if you never re- recognize that um, disconnect there, yeah, you will go through life with a lot of yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah, he talks about people often distrust us because of the conclusions they draw about they draw about what we'll do, and but that we can actively influence those conclusions by declaring our intent yeah the reason why I'm asking you this is right or the reason why I told you not to do it this way is yeah I mean you can even use terms like my intent is to yeah um yep. and so um we talk about that a lot in crucial conversations right is, uh, about um declaring what your intent is or what you, your intent is not to do and so um so it's fine to actually use words to talk about what your intent is. And that's what he means by when he says, sometimes people can understand what our intent is because we share right. it. And so um, so your motive, so that way people will understand what your motive is. Um, he talks a little bit about hidden agendas. Um, and so sometimes people have hidden agendas and that's often what how we can just, just um, dispel those thoughts and conclusions other others make about us by declaring our intent so mm-hmm. that it doesn't look like we have some kind of hidden agenda. Um, it's also okay to ask other people <clears throat> about their intent. Yeah. So Transparency if, is good. Right. Especially if you're not sure and you're confused or if they're not congruent. <laughs> so we can, you can, it's okay to ask other people that. Better that than to make up stories about yep. what's going on and draw conclusions that may or may not be true. Um, and then he also talks about behavior, which is the manifestation of, of motive and agenda. And so the behavior is what you're actually doing, how you're, um, you know, what what is it that you're coming? Yep. And then again, he wraps it up with some, this particular core with some suggestions for how to improve on this, uh-huh. on how to improve on intent, some questions you can ask yourself. Yeah. And I'm going to start out of order because I think this is easy for people to access when you're thinking about at work in mm-hmm. your organization, when employees don't trust management's intent, like whether that's, you know, your manager or yeah. higher ups or like the, the big people that you never see, mm-hmm. when you don't trust their intent, what kind of tax do you see that 
uh, how do you see that tax coming about in your organization? Yeah. And I think it's really easy to start seeing that. You know, yeah. the way that people ask questions supply a narrative that may not be true yeah. and um, mistrust. Yeah, I was going to say, it's yeah. an ob- it obviously has an impact on trust. Yep, and morale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, bringing that home to your own self. Yeah. How often do you tax what someone says because you're suspicious of that person's intent? Yeah. Or do you feel like you've had that happen to you? Yeah. You've been the risk the, in the right. receiving end of a tax. Yeah. And, and um, the, probably the best way to improve intent is not only to ask these questions to see where you might be paying taxes, like Covey talks about, but also just to simply um, find ways to better communicate what your intent is. Yep. Like you were saying, just right. say, this is what I intend, why I'm at, this is why I'm doing this or yeah. why we're talking about this. This is why I'm asking. This is my intent. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, I like his points there too about not only will they know what to look for other people and understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but it also helps you to be accountable. You've declared that intent. Yeah. So if you really are asking because you're worried about someone and because you care, now that's out there and you need to follow through with that. Yeah. So again, he offers some accelerators for improving your intent. Um, and he talks about the um, using the five whys approach, which is you... Um, it's a. It's actually a problem-solving technique that has to do with like lean. I was starting um, to say my limited yeah. knowledge of that yeah. is it's ringing a bell. Um, it's it made it was made popular in the '70s by Toyota, um, as one of the like lean uh, tools in their lean processes. Um, but what you do is ask a series of questions. You start with the end problem and work backward through a series of whys until you get to the root cause. Um, and he gives a great example of. Um, He says, and I'll go through this quickly, but he gives a great example of you're feeling undervalued, underappreciated, and upset about your situation at work. And so you set up a meeting with your boss. And his example of the five whys in that scenario is you ask, why am I feeling unappreciated and undervalued? Um, And then you answer that question. Because I Um, don't think people around here see the good work I do. Right. And then, so that question's answered. Then you say, why do I think they don't see the good work I do? Because they're totally focused on the new people, on the rising stars. Right. And then you say, what makes me think they're focused on the rising stars? Because Sarah got promoted last week and it should have been me. Right. Why do I think Sarah got promoted instead of me? I don't know. Maybe that's what I really want to talk to my boss about. Right. Why do I want to talk to the boss about it? My original intent was to vent and complain about Sarah's promotion, but I guess what I really want to understand is why, what I can do to add more value to the company so that I'll be considered more seriously when future right. promotions come So out. I think that's a great example of working from the... Do I win any Oscars for my acting on that one? I thought I really <laughs> felt that. <laughs> so... I was method acting... So, but yeah, no, that's. But, but he says that's a way to get down to the real intent or or close to it. And it's hard, I think, when it's yourself. I mean, sometimes we're really clear on why we do what we do, but again, it's you know so much of it comes down to self awareness, and we're yeah. going to talk a lot more about that in future podcasts. But really, examining 
your motives and what makes you do what may, what you do and why you think the way you yeah. do, it's very clarifying and very helpful on every level and will help you to get through things that would normally throw you for a loop. Yeah. And then as we're reading through The Speed of Trust, it's also something that then helps you to relate with more trust and more trust given and received yeah. with everyone. So he he talks about using this five wise approach, but then also just asking some um, serious questions about asking yourself serious questions about that will help you examine your motives. So ask yourself questions like, am I really focusing on the right thing? Um, am I focused on winning for everyone? Or am I just focused on myself? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just do some like soul searching before to, so that you can really examine your own intent and your own motives. Um, the other thing, we've already talked about this, but another accelerator for improving intent is to practice declaring your intent. And we've talked about that already. Right. But it it's... I you think th- that you're clear. Right. You think people can see your intent. Right. That's only in your head and heart. Well, well and I found that it, people don't usually... Um, Talking more and actually saying what you mean. Yeah. People respond well to that, yes. usually. More information and more right. clarity. So, so good. So I almost feel like that's such an obvious thing and people just don't do it. But We um, assume a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing he talks about with improving intent is choosing abundance. I like this one. Yeah. Um, so I, I like it, too. Um, the idea there is to realize that there's enough of everything, success, trust, results, whatever it is you're talking about for everyone. You don't need to hoard it for yourself. Um, and he talks about this idea of avoiding scarcity thinking. So scarcity thinking is that if someone else is getting something, it means I don't right. get it. And so um, abundance is kind of the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, there's enough of it to go around to everybody. And, and he has some questions to help um, to help stimulate um, abundant thinking. That would be another podcast that we could talk a little bit more yeah. about. Write that down, Brandy. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, but it it is, there's so much good science around the results that actually come from, if you want to call it, abundant thinking or positive thinking or... Mm. So many ways that you can that you can talk about this, but it's great. Yeah. And it may sound cheesy on the surface, but when you do rescript yourself to think in terms of abundance, mm-hmm. then the way that you, the the stories you tell yourself in your head become different. Yeah. And the way that you interact with other people becomes different. Yeah. Well, when you think about this, it's just a simple example of like. Um, kudos for a team Mm -hmm. it's not like there's a finite number of finite amount of recognition to be handed out yep Um, there's credit and recognition so and love for yes yeah so um, intent yeah so that's really um, intent and he even goes as far as to say re-script yourself when necessary. So start speaking a different language. Um, just kind of re- reset your thinking. 
Um, the next core. Core three. So those those two, intent um, and integrity. Integrity, core one, intent, yep. core two, are the um, cre- cores of credibility around character. The, the roots and the trunk of our tree. Right. The, the next two are around competence. And so core three is um, capabilities. Capabilities. And so those are the branches. Those are the branches that produce the results. So capabilities in this context, and really you'd, you'd be able to predict, predict this, include your talents and your knowledge and your abilities, but there are things definitely that you can do all these things, do to grow all these things. It's not like it's just your raw material. Mm-hmm. This is um, the stuff that you can cultivate. Yeah. So let's talk about our technical abilities. Yeah, he talks about um, kind of doing a self-assessment to start with, to assess your own capabilities um, by saying, what do I have now that's, that is, um, goes toward inspiring trust and confidence in other people? And mm-hmm. so kind of taking an assessment of what your capabilities are now. Um, and then how can you increase that? Right. Um, and he divides them up into talents, attitudes, skills, knowledge, style, and there's all ways of increasing all of that. Um, but I think this one is, it's not simple in terms of doing it, but it's, I think, pretty easier simple. Easier to understand. It is definitely yeah. easier to understand. So, um, Assess where you can improve your technical abilities by what kinds of training do you need. Um, can you read more books or listen to podcasts? Uh, yeah, you're doing something right now. Feel good about yourself. <laughs> um, but just make sure that you're looking at um, running with your strengths, identifying mm-hmm. your strengths and focusing on developing and leveraging them. And he also um, mentions attitudes, which I really yeah. like. Your way yeah. of seeing things and your way of being. Yeah. Um, do you, how do you look at work and the opportunities that you have to contribute? Yeah. Where, how could you change your attitude so that you had better results? Right. So all of that goes with um, just kind of the whole idea of continuous professional development, improvement, keeping yourself learning, relevant, keep yourself relevant, <laughs> and, all of that. And knowing where you're going, having a vision. I yeah. think that's also yes. important. Um, and then he has this whole section that he talks about trust abilities. And I think reading this book and also listening to this series of podcasts can help you grow your trust abilities. Um, but do the similar self-assessment with what kind of um, degree do I have natural talent with trust? Do I tend to trust people? Do I naturally seek for mutual benefit? Questions like that. Um, what are your attitudes in that area of trust? Do I have trust building skills? And so he separates them really into technical abilities and trust abilities. And I thought that was interesting. Um, and in, you know, it, in it's kind of like terms um, of this, you can, you can grow both in growth bear. It's the, it's those rounded intelligences, like technical yeah. intelligence and emotional intelligence in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I like that idea too. Well, we won't talk about emotional intelligence. Well, we're going to later when we have, we have <laughs> not now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big topic. I feel like we're touching on so many things that could be great spinoffs. Yeah. But for now we need to get on to core four. So core four is results. And, and so back to the tree metaphor. 
Oh, are these the... poison fruits? Yeah. No, <laughs> the tree not... metaphor gets a little crazy when you start factoring in biblical imagery. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is true. Well, we won't think about that. Okay, but um, but the results are the fruits of the tree. So they are tangible, measurable. They're, they're the product of yep. the roots, the trunks, and the branches. So yep. the trunk and the branches. Um, and so results are what others can see. And... Um, Without results, what fails? Your credibility. Right. So think back to that expert witness metaphor that you mm-hmm. that you described, Covey, um, using when we talked about it at the beginning, that um, if, if you don't have a track record of results, you don't have proven results, you're not going to be that credible expert witness. Nobody so would believe you. The expert witness is good, but as we're talking about this, some of the things Covey says even makes me think about... Um, Interviewing candidates for a job is also a good metaphor for all this because you can look at the person's resume and see that, or talk to them and see that they say all the right things. Yeah. And they seem to have great intent and great motives and definitely, you know, are, they're looking like a a great person, Mm -hmm. but without demonstrated results, without being able to say, well, you know, you know, I'm a great leader of people. Yeah, that's great. But what what are the results for that? And being able to say, I led a team of ten to meet all of their goals for the year. Yeah, that's actual tangible results. The fruits on the tree. Right. And so he he even asks questions like, um, consider if you're considering hiring someone, to what extent would that person's track record influence your decision? Um, also. How likely would someone be to hire me based on my track record? Um, so she has like lots that. of great ideas and never completes any. Is right. So really not a great track record. Right, right. People aren't going to, you're not going to be credible. Right. Um, and then he also um, talks about how you're getting your results matter. So it kind of goes back to that whole thing like if you're successful but you leave bodies in the hallway. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then, then maybe that's not a great track record. To or have. if you're successful and you don't, no one knows how you're successful. Yeah. Communicating so, results. So the how is important as point. important yeah. as as important as the what. Um, and he, one of my favorite quotes that we may have already mentioned is, "Leadership is getting the results in a way that inspires trust." Yep. Um, Without then, a body count. But he even talks about negative results, that, that you should take resu- responsibility for mm-hmm. your results. And that's one of the ways of improving improving your track record mm-hmm. or improving results is to take re- responsibility for results, not just activities, but also the results. Yep. And then not just when they're positive. Um, and he gave this whole example of Johnson & Johnson and how they took responsibility after the tainted died of, pills. Um, yep. t- from tainted Tylenol. And how that improved their credibility and their trust with people. Um, and then he talks about um, expecting to win and expecting others to win. And I really like that idea, just that mindset yep. Absolutely. of success. And just think about, you know, some of this seems so um, elementary in a way. Like, why wouldn't we do and feel these things? But if you're not intentional about it, if you aren't making conscious decisions within yourself and with those with whom you work or your family relationships or whatever, if you're not really conscious about how you are 
behaving in a way that increases or decreases trust. It doesn't, you, you can't just take these things for granted, I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Things like declaring your intent, thinking mm-hmm. about how um, your, your relationships, if they're mm-hmm. healthy in the way of trust. Yeah. You have to think about it. Yeah. So for today, that's four cores that we have waded through that are important to think about. We've talked about um, a little introspection that you can do. The next time that we get together on this topic, on this speed of trust, we're going to be talking about wave two. What hits us when wave two comes crashing in, Patty? I don't know. I can't remember. Relationships. Relationships. Yeah, relationship trust. And that's when we get into the 13 behaviors, right? Yeah. Okay. So the key principle in relationship trust um, is consistent behavior. Uh-huh. And we'll talk about 13 behaviors awesome. um, that Covey identifies to, um, to inspire trust. All right, y'all. Four cores, 13 behaviors next time. Thank you for sticking with us today for this in-depth look at the speed of trust. I think you're going to enjoy the next couple of sessions, too. Um, the quantifiable, measurable results are wonderful to think of if you are intentional about them. So we're going to delve more deeply into that the next time we get together. You can read more about what finance is up to outside of thinking about trust and prioritizing it mm-hmm. <laughs> on the UVA Finance blog at uvafinance.blogspot.com. If you've got an idea for something that you think would make a great podcast topic or somebody who's really cool that we should have on, just give us a holler. You can email myself or Patty, or you can tweet us directly at UVA underscore finance. That's all for now. Until the next time, do good work because what you're doing matters.